0: glad to have Eric Lutter with us and I'm going to ask you at the end of this service to come up and lead us in prayer please. The birth of Samson. Now Samson is the next person mentioned in the hall of faith and I want you to remember in John chapter 5 verse 39 the Lord said you search the scriptures and he was talking about the Old Testament scriptures. The New Testament had not yet been written. And he's speaking of the Old Testament scriptures when he says you search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life and they are they, all of them, all of them, they are they which testify of me. And Samson is such a beautiful type of Christ in so many ways. He's the next person mentioned in the hall of faith. And his name means like the sun, S-U-N, like the sun. The story of Samson and Delilah is one of the most well-known stories in the Bible. If you would ask your average person uh, if they know any characters from the scripture, I believe most people would say Samson, known for his great strength and the story of Samson and Delilah, where She deceived him, cut off his hair. He lost all his strength. She let the Philistines take him. They put out his eyes and made fun of him. And what is glorious about that is the last chapter, chapter 16, his greatest victory that he accomplished was his death. More people were... Slain in his death than they were in his life. And what a type of Christ, the great achievements of his death. Um, He's probably most well known for his superhuman strength. Look in chapter 14 of Judges chapter 13. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother, this is Judges 14. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I've seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all thy people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well, But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he, the Lord, sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. That's an interesting verse, isn't it? You can say this with regard to everything. It's of the Lord. The Lord is working his purpose. Now look in verse 5. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. Now you think about this, a lion comes at him. He grabs him with his bare hands and rips him apart. No human being, unaided by the Spirit of God, could do something like that. But he was given this supernatural strength. One of my favorite stories about Samson is how he slew a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. That's my perhaps favorite illustration of preaching. (laughs) Uh, Never could it be truer. That's how he works, with the jawbone of an ass to defeat his enemies. But what we're going to consider tonight is the birth of Samson. Chapter 13. And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. A very sad and a very familiar story. They did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. You know, 40 years ago, we were meeting in the storefront on Limestone Street. Lots happened since then. 40 years is a long period. Of time. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and bare not. Now, we don't read at this time where they cried to the Lord for mercy. Maybe they did, but we don't read about it. But we do read of this man and his wife, Manoah and his unnamed wife. And she was barren. Now, there's a lot in the scriptures about barren wives. Sarah was barren, wasn't she? Rebecca was barren. Rachel was barren. Hannah was barren. The Shumanite woman that uh, Elisha was used to bless her and and make it to where she could bear children with her husband, but she was barren all those years and. It was a great vexation to a woman to be barren, a great reproach. I don't know how long they had been married, but this woman was barren. And I'm sure that knowing the Lord, which she did, she probably many times prayed, give me a child. Like Hannah, give me a child or I die. She greatly desired to be with child verse three and the angel of the lord appeared unto the woman now i have no doubt that this is not talking about a created angel this is talking about the angel of the lord the lord jesus christ he made many pre-incarnate appearances and this is one of them and we know this for sure because of verse uh 20 For it came to pass, of the same chapter, for it came to pass when the flame went up toward the heaven from the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. And Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground, but the angel of the Lord did no more appear to know Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto his wife, We shall surely die because we've seen God. He knew who it was. He had seen, and he thought at this time, it's over for us. We have seen God. So this angel was nothing less than a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razors will come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, Samson is such a clear type of Christ just in these verses. His birth is foretold. The birth of the Lord Jesus Christ was foretold. Uh, Samson was sanctified from the womb. Set apart to be a Nazarite from the womb. And a Nazarite is someone who is completely consecrated to God. They took certain vows. No razor was to touch their uh, hair, their beard. Their hair was to get long. And it typified Christ, the true Nazarite, consecrated to God. Um, he delivered Israel by his mighty strength. Christ, what about him? Um, the scripture says, he said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. Thou hast given him power over all flesh, omnipotence over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou has given him, and Israel was delivered by his death. All the lords of the Philistines were killed when he brought that temple down, and they were delivered by his death. And how we're delivered by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ! I don't know of a scripture that I enjoy any more than thinking of Luke nine thirty one, when they spake of the death that he should accomplish. Oh the accomplishments of the death of the God-man. Verse 5, For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And what the Lord begins, he always finishes, doesn't he? Um, What's that scripture, Philippians 1, 6? He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it in the day of Jesus Christ. Now, like I said, this seems to be an instance where they didn't ask for deliverance. Usually they would cry unto the Lord. Maybe they did, but we don't read of it here. But yet the Lord sent them a Savior. Verse 6. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came unto me. She did not yet realize that this was a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. She thought it was a man of God of some kind. She knew there was something different about him. Uh, You can see that by how she describes him. A man of God came unto me, and his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, Neither he, me his name, but he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. And now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Jesus of Nazareth. And I am quite sure that when this woman told her husband this, she was so excited I'm going to have a child. I've been barren. I've been unable to give life. And now I'm going to have a child. She was so happy. And she was glad for her child to be a Nazarite from the womb and all the laws that uh, would have to be obeyed with the association of the Nazarite, the long hair, and so on. Verse 8 Then Manoah entreated the Lord. And said, O my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us. And teach us what we shall do unto the child that he shall be born. That shall be born. He obviously believed the message, didn't he? He said, this child is going to be born. We need you to send him back to teach us what it is we're to do when we raise this child up. Now, his wife had already been told. But he wanted to hear it again. And I understand that, don't you? He wanted to hear it. Again. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again unto the woman, as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. And the woman made haste and ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me that came unto me the other day. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, Art thou the man that spake unto the woman? He said, I am. And Manoah said, now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child, and how shall we do unto him? And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, of all that I said unto the woman, let her beware. Do exactly what I said to do. Well, that's a good rule of action, isn't it? I've already told you. You know, I got to thinking about this. You know, the Lord said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Okay, what do I do? (laughs) Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. Just the repetition. Verse 14, She shall not eat of anything that cometh of the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink, nor any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee, until we shall have made a, ready a kid for thee. Now, this was not for supper. This was for a sacrifice. They didn't want to just have him for dinner. This had something to do with the sacrifice. And the angel of the Lord realized at this time he didn't understand who he was. He thought him to be an angel, a great man. uh, But you don't offer sacrifice to an angel or to a man, so he corrects him. And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I'll not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. You see, he didn't realize that this was the Lord he was speaking to. It's kind of like when the Lord said to the rich young ruler, when he said, Good master, why callest thou me good? Or good master, he said, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. He knew this man, didn't realize who he was. And that's why I said that, the same thing here. Uh, You offer your sacrifice. The Lord, for Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What's thy name? That when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing its secret? My marginal reading says, It's wonderful. You see, when a created angel would come, they would identify themselves. But here, he says, why are you asking my name? It's wonderful. It's secret. Kind of like when, remember when Jacob was wrestling with the angel? He said, what's your name? He said, it's secret. (laughs) Wonderful. Now, this word wonderful is used one other time in all the scriptures, this particular Hebrew word wonderful. It's where David says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain unto it. And I thought about the wonder of the gospel. What about the wonder of one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. One God in three distinct persons. God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. You understand that? Of course not. I believe it. I believe it. I don't understand it. I believe it. The wonder of being eternally united to jesus christ that he's always known me that there's never been a time when i'm not in him before the world was created i was in him wonder i'm amazed i can't comprehend it that i never had a beginning point with him that i was chosen in him before the foundation of the world United to him, one with him. What about the wonder of the incarnation? That the infinite God became a seed in a woman's womb. And the infinite God lived in that time for nine months in a woman's womb. And yet all the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in his body. Wonder. the wonder of the death of Christ. I, I, can't, I can't figure out how he, he could die. He's God. How'd he die? Okay, how did that happen? I mean, that, it did. I never will forget one time uh, I made the statement uh, uh, in a message. God died on the cross. And a man wrote me and corrected me. And he said, uh, the man part died, the God part didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so you can, you can explain that to me. I'm thankful. No, who can understand that? The God-man dying. What about the resurrection? How wonderful. What about the thought of a sinner being justified before God? That means if I'm justified, I stand before God without sin, without guilt. Is that wonderful? Can you? Uh, I'm sinless. God looks at me. And he doesn't treat me as if I had no sin. I have no sin before God. What wonder. That's the great doctrine of justification. We could go on and on with the wonder of the gospel. The wonder of him right now. That man in glory. A real man with flesh and bones. Blood pumping through his veins. Representing me in glory. We believe all of this by grace, and we would, by his grace, die for this, and yet we don't understand any of it, do we? We just believe. Wonder. Wonder. His name is wonderful. I love what David said. Such knowledge is too high for me. It's, it's wonderful. It's too high. I can't attain to it. Now, let's go on reading. Verse 19. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously. He did what only God could do. And Manoah and his wife looked on, for it came to pass when the the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. Now here's another reason why I know this was no created angel. He did this wondrously, and no created angel and no man would dare uh, approach the sacrifice and become united with the sacrifice. The angels know this is this is the only way God can be approached. But this angel could identify with the sacrifice. And he where'd the flame come from? Well, I think it came from the same place the flame came when Elijah Asked for fire to come down from heaven. Fire came down from heaven and consumed it. And the angel of the Lord came into the flame. And ascended up back into glory. Speaking of the ascension of Christ after his death. His identification with the sacrifice. And rising, doing wondrously. Doing what only God can do. And Manoah and his wife looked on it. And fell on their faces to the ground. Verse 21. But the angel of the Lord did no more appear to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was an angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife. We shall surely die. Because we have seen God. Now you cannot come into contact with him. Even in the gospel. When you're not aware of your own sinfulness that's what was going on here when he came into contact with who the lord is he was keenly aware of his own sinfulness and he thought we're going to die now you're going to hear people who will tell you about coming into contact with god this i know if they did They wouldn't do it in some kind of, I don't believe they did for one thing, but if they did, they wouldn't be so cocky and arrogant. They would have a keen sense of their own sinfulness. We're going to die. We've seen God face to face. Manoah, verse 22, said unto his wife, we shall surely die because we've seen God, but his wife. Now this was a very, special woman and uh, she had more understanding than her husband did all of her husband all her husband knew it's over for us that's all he could see but look what this very wise woman unnamed woman said to her husband and I would to God this is the kind of preaching that would always come from every pulpit where the gospel was preached now look what she says but his wife said unto him. If the Lord were pleased to kill us. We're going to die. We've seen the Lord. If the Lord were pleased to kill us. He would not have received. A burnt offering. And a meat offering at our hands. Neither Would he have showed us all these things. Nor would as at this time have told us. Such things. As these. Now at this time. Manoah thinks. It's over for us. God's going to kill us. And he had a reason to think that. Because the Lord said no man should see my face and live. Uh, I understand him feeling this way. And. Fearing this. And he couldn't think of a way out of this. But his wife, his wife said, If the Lord were pleased to kill us. Now let's stop right there for a moment. He does as he pleases. And if he's pleased to kill us, just and holy is his name. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he. You see, if you and I know God We know the God who is sovereign, who does as he pleases. Any other God is a false God. It's a phony God. It's a non-existent God. The God of the Bible is the God who does as he pleases. He doeth according to his will in the armies of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? He does as he pleases. And she recognized this. And she said, if he was pleased to kill us, and he's not saying, she's not saying, well, that could never happen, we're so good, you know, nothing like that. She's, she says, if he were pleased to kill us, he would not have accepted the sacrifice. Now, here is where assurance comes from. Do you want to have assurance? I do. Assurance comes from seeing God's acceptance of the sacrifice. Now, if your assurance comes from anything else, you've got a false assurance. It's wrong. You'd do best to get rid of it. Well, I think I'm saved because I do this or I do that or I'm like that. You better get rid of that. It's a false assurance. The only true assurance that we can have that God will not be pleased to kill us is because of his acceptance of the sacrifice. Now hold your finger there and let me uh, show you a passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 8. Verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us. Who can be against us? Now here's where assurance comes from. He that spared not his own son. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not? What could possibly prevent him from freely giving us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? There's nothing you can bring by way of accusation against them. Christ put their sin away. There's nothing to accuse them of. God justified them. Who is He that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea, rather, that's risen again, who's even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us, who shall separate us? Who shall separate us? Now, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted that sacrifice. But he did. He did. That's why she knew they would be spared. Look back in our text. Verse 23, but the wife said unto him, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering. And a meat offering at our hands he wouldn't have accepted the sacrifice and then ascended up into heaven to show his approval of it. Neither would he have showed us all these things nor would us at this time he have told us such things. Now, I'm afraid I'm going to be killed. He accepted the sacrifice. Now what does that mean? That means he's satisfied with the sacrifice Of Jesus Christ. He's satisfied. He's infinitely satisfied. And I can't get any more pleasing. I can't get any more loved. I can't get any more accepted. I can't get any more holy than I am in that accepted sacrifice. God is pleased with the sacrifice of Christ. That's what is meant by him accepting it. Have I ever. Well I sure hope I have. Have I ever learned to find my satisfaction in what God is satisfied with? Nothing else. If he was pleased to kill us, Christ would have never been raised from the dead. But when Christ was raised from the dead, God said, I am infinitely satisfied with who he is, what he did, and everybody he did it for. That's where assurance comes from, not from anything in you. If he pleased to kill us, he wouldn't have accepted the sacrifice. And the next thing she says, he wouldn't have showed us all these things. You know, he told them, you're going to have a son and he's going to deliver Israel. If he was going to kill us, would he do that? No. He wouldn't kill us if he's taught us the gospel. He wouldn't have showed us the manner in which the son would be born. He wouldn't have demonstrate us, demonstrated to us how we were to raise him up. He wouldn't have shown us any of these things. He wouldn't have shown us the acceptance of the sacrifice. The reason we know we will not be killed is because, because of what he has shown us. Here's something that uh, came to my mind while I was trying to think about this. And I hope I say this in the proper spirit. God has shown me. That I am a sinner. I didn't used to know that. I do now. Why did he show me that? Just to make me feel miserable? No. Because Christ Jesus. Came into the world. To save sinners. That's why he's shown me that. Now, he didn't show me that just to make me dread hell. He demonstrated that to me to show me my need of him, my need of his grace, my need of the gospel. We wouldn't have heard such things as we have heard. Now, I know the gospel. I know why I know the gospel. He taught it to me. I wouldn't know it had he not made it known. I'm dead sure of that. I would not understand how I could approach God through Christ only had he not made that known. But he's made that known, and I'm so satisfied with this. If God was pleased to kill us, he would not have made these things known. His wife said, if the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have showed us all these things, nor would us at this time have told us such things as these. The the salvation that was going to come to his uh, people through this boy that's going to be a Nazarite. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him and the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zora and Estel. now I suppose that means the spirit of the Lord moved him to do supernatural things at this time um, we just read how he tore that lion into pieces with his bare hands uh, no doubt the spirit of the Lord moved on him but you know someone who had the spirit not by measure the lord jesus christ he's the true nazarite filled with the holy spirit from his mother's womb and by the spirit he lived a life that none of us could properly describe of perfect holiness righteousness power it was from the spirit moving on him John the Baptist said, God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. You and I have a measure of the Spirit. A measure of the Spirit. That's why we believe. That's why we've been born again. That's why we trust Christ. We have a measure of the Spirit. He didn't have a measure of the Spirit. He had the fullness of God, the Holy Spirit. Samson, he's the man who is mentioned in the hall of faith. Let's pray. Lord, we ask in Christ's name that you would give us the wisdom that this dear woman had and cause us to find confidence in the acceptance, your acceptance of the sacrifice of your son. And we ask that you would give us to have confidence in the things that we've seen and that have been told us in the gospel by you. Bless this message for your glory and for our good. In Christ's name we pray.